Hi, my name is Ruby, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife's assistant, and you're listening to the Dr. Finlayson Fife Podcast Archive. The podcast you'll be listening to today is called How to Choose More Happiness, originally produced and published by Monica Packer of the About Progress Podcast. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy this episode. I'm so honored to have Jennifer back. If you don't know her, well, hang tight. You're going to have your mind blown so much. This is who Jennifer is. So I'm Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, and I am a psychotherapist that works primarily with couples and individuals around relationship and sexuality issues. And I also do a lot of teaching, both in online courses and also in workshops around the country. And so, um, and I do a lot of you know, podcasting and public speaking. Yeah. And my version of your intro is you changed my life. And I think you've changed <laughs> thousands of lives. I mean, I'm sure it's creeping up to millions and more. So um, we're so honored to have you back. This is your sixth time. We're going to talk about something that you specialize. Again, you came in January to talk about how women need to be in touch with who they are by knowing what they want. And this is a continuation of that discussion, also Mm. applying to how someone can be happier with the life they have already chosen. And this seems like it doesn't make sense. There's a lot to untangle here. But this Mm. is something I have learned a lot from you, and I know many others have. So let's kind of set the scene here a little bit. You know, Mm. in your courses, in your workshops, in your speaking, And in your therapy, you talk a lot about helping women get in touch with their desires to feel alive in their lives and to feel whole and to be happier, which is our topic this month. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times women aren't feeling very happy with the choices they have made. And these are big Mm -hmm. choices. Perhaps they got married and had kids when they felt they were supposed to, or perhaps they got into a career or a job track they're not happy with, or maybe a whole combination of those. And these aren't easy to undo. And they're big responsibilities at hand. And they're not even sure they want to undo it. But they don't feel content or happy Mm -hmm. with the choices they have made. So first, how can you Mm -hmm. reconcile someone needing to choose well, not needing to, but how, how do you even deal with this with someone who's, who's, who's looking at you and saying, I don't love my life and I can't mm-hmm. choose otherwise? Yeah. So while I believe in um, the fundamental reality that we always have choices, uh, what is also true is that we don't always have the choices that we want. Uh, so, you know, and you have to live in the consequences of your choices Uh, whether or not you agree with the choices you once made. So for some people, their choices come down to, you know, what corner of their prison cell do they want to sit in today? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) so, you know, we don't, we clearly don't always have the choices that we want, but we are, and and that is to say, we're always choosing within a context. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us spend time thinking about what we would do if we could go back in time and redo things And while I think that there's value in thinking about what you've learned through your experiences or what you would do differently if you could go back in time, the reality is, of course, that we don't get that choice. We can't go back in time. And so we are better served, I think, focusing on what do I choose now in the current context or the current reality of my life. 
So, for example, you know, if you um, have five children and um, you're not sure that you would have chosen this, if you could go back in time. And uh, I think that the reality that you have to sort of deal with is that you have five children Mm -hmm. and whether you give them up for adoption Mm -hmm. or you neglect them until they're 18 or you invest to be the best parent, you know, how to be that the fact that you will always be those five children's mother will not change, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing that changes is what you're going to, what you can live with and feel good about and feel at peace about given the context of your choices. Mm -hmm. So, so what I'm encouraging, I mean, I think there's a lot to grieve often for people, um, either because of the consequences of their own choices or other people's choices or things they can't control. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I certainly think that's fair and important, um, or even the anger we may have um, if we felt pressured into choices. But the way to be free is to not, and I can say more about this, but not co-construct yourself as a powerless entity within your life. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do given where my life is currently? Well, that last bit, I think, is the key to all of this. Um, you are an empowered, did you describe that as you are an empowered entity? Yeah, yeah, or that you certainly, exactly, that we have a lot of power to mm-hmm. shape our lives, to affect our lives. And I think a lot of us give that power up in, in place of resentment and and a kind of passivity about our lives. But mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't mean we have perfect power. We only have power over who we're going to be in our circumstances. But it's still a very important power. Great. You know, I want to talk mostly to those women who have the life they always wanted in terms of a family and and, and children and feel that lack of contentment. Um, but first, can we just talk about some more extreme examples sure. just so people can be able to differentiate? Because I don't want some woman who is listening here who is in an emotionally abusive marriage right. or even physically abusive to think, well, I need to choose my choice and stick it out and yeah, definitely. can't go back. Um, so if it's more extreme, let's say that there is an abusive marriage or, um, you know, even kids with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two things that came to my mind as I was thinking of other extremes. H- how can someone view this whole construct we're talking about, about feeling empowered and making well, I think choices, you know? Yeah, I think it's even more important in the context that you're talking about, because um, I'm certainly not saying you should choose your marriage or Mm -hmm. you should choose your children, um, because I really think people have to determine what they really can live with. Uh, You know, I remember watching the movie Matilda Mm -hmm. and the, the narrator of the movie. I love that movie because my kids think I'm such a great parent while we're watching it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The parents are just disasters. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and um, at the end, the narrator says something like, and Matilda's parents for, did the one unselfish thing they'd ever done, which is they gave her up for adoption. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm speaking of extremes right now, but yes. that is to say, I'm not saying that you should always be doing what other people think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You really have to decide what you actually think is decent, fair, and right. And if you're with somebody who's abusive, there's a very good chance that staying with them is not the right choice Mm -hmm. and that the actually right choice 
would take an enormous amount of courage, which is to extricate yourself from that situation. So, um, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that if you think, you know, if you go through this process, you're going to always come down in a way that somebody on the outside thinks would look the right way. Yeah. Meaning Mm -hmm. that some like people won't approve your choice even. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think when we are running our lives, which many of us are by the idea of what do other people want from us, that's why we don't feel that we have real choices because we want other people's approval. Mm -hmm. And when we really want or need other people's approval, it makes us feel like we don't really have choices because we may, for example, want our spouse to be happy with us, but not want to grow in the ways that would make our spouse happier. Mm -hmm. And we can't really have both, right? We and and so we might be upset we can't have both. I just want to be as I am and have you be perfectly happy with me. But ultimately it comes down to which um discomfort do I choose? The discomfort of having my spouse be spouse be unhappy with me, or the discomfort of growing and pushing myself in ways that are are hard for me. If I want to live a life that I respect, I have to live in a way that I really feel is right and decent. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that's ultimately, as human beings, something we can't escape. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us try to, but I do think that integrity, and by integrity, I mean like you're lined up internally, that you're not acting in contradiction to your own sense of what's fair or decent. Mm -hmm. And so the hard question in, in an abusive situation like that, where someone's really is, is, what's the most right thing to do? Because maybe I have children or maybe I depend on this person economically. Um, But then again, my children are watching me be harmed Mm -hmm. and they're learning about relationships and what it is to be a woman by watching this kind of humiliation happen. And, um, And I'm being weakened in being in this relationship. And so what is it to really do what's fair and right by my children and in this situation? And I'm not here to say I know what that is for every person in every situation, but often it's the thing that terrifies us the most. Mm -hmm. And so when we're reaching for what we believe is most right, it often is stretching us into areas that are hard and finding a kind of strength and courage within us that we don't necessarily know about ourselves yet. And so often it means, you know, leaving the kind of uh, familiarity, I should say, of a relationship because it undermines you and it undermines your children and you're willing to deal with that even though it terrifies you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, when I talk about choices, I really do mean as human beings, we have both the gift of agency and the terrifying reality of it, mm-hmm. which is that we're responsible for who we choose to be within the context of our choices, within the reality of the choices we have, which are not perfect choices. Mm-hmm. Right? You may leave an abusive spouse and then they just want to make your life miserable and you can't really control that they're going to try to do that even though you've divorced them. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a choice about fully being free, but you have a choice about who you're going to be in that reality 
or with a special needs child, what is the, you know, there's only so much one parent can do or a human being can do. And what do I think is fair and right within my resources? What do I think I really can offer? What do I think I may need to get help or support around this? How do I need to advocate for more funding or more support from school or community? It's, they're hard questions. I wish life were fair. Yeah. Right. And it's not about some idea that if everybody just owns their choices, everybody will be happy. But I think that it's the where we often throw our power away. And if we're going to make the world a better place, we have to claim that power as frightening as it may be. Mm-hmm. It's time to take a break for our sponsors who make this podcast possible. I think many of you know I consult beginning podcasters and I love helping others launch their life-changing shows. One thing I always point my clients to is a podcast host. You simply have to have them. They store all the data from your episodes, they distribute your show, they keep track of all the stats, and you can change anything about your show on that end with the host. I have been using the host Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, since the start and have been blown away by their customer service, how they stay ahead of the industry trends and have their connections with all the big podcast listening apps. And all of those things really take your show to the next level. If you're about to launch a podcast yourself, I highly recommend Libsyn and I still pay for them every single month. They have offered this community their first month plus free with the code Monica. Again, that's Monica to get your first month plus with Libsyn free. If you have any questions about that or hosting, stay tuned. I have so much more coming for you in regards to all things podcast. The past month, we have had the pleasure of being supported by Loom Journals, which creates parent and child connections through writing, journaling, activities, and get to know you prompts. I have been using my Loom Journal for six plus months with my daughter, and I loved it so much and felt more connected with her that I recently bought three more with my own money for my sons to follow as I get a little older. Loom Journals rarely gives out codes, and this is the biggest one they've ever provided. Use the code ABOUTPROGRESS in all caps to get 15% off until May 17th. Again, that's ABOUTPROGRESS, all caps, to get 15% off. Thank you for supporting the show by supporting our sponsors. Can, can we talk now more about people who might more typically face, um, what they might more typically face in terms of having the family they always wanted um, and the marriage and just feeling not themselves. They feel lost in their choice, I think is maybe mm. a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, does that happen a lot, do you think, in within your mm. own practice and the woman that you work with? Yes. Okay. So yes. pretty common. Yes, pretty common. Um, I think that one of the reasons that it happens is that, you know, I think that a lot of people, especially when they're sort of a cultural or religious um, ideal around family life that they can often, women can often enter in to that and absolutely want it and desire it and not want it to be any different. But once they enter in unwittingly are kind of replicating the model of what it means, what it has meant to be female within the traditions that have been handed down to them. 
And what it is to be female is to sort of give up yourself in the context of being a parent or a partner. And so almost unwittingly, I was just talking to somebody last night who said when I was in high school, I was on sports teams and I traveled and did a year abroad in another country. And I did all these things that were, you know, courageous. Like I was comfortable developing myself. Then I got married and something kind of just overcame me, almost seduced me into a kind of backseat position relative to my husband. He was going to school uh, you know, he was busy. And so I was just taking on all the, you know, picking up the slack around everything and what I wanted and what my dreams were and what I, who I was, was just not as important. And we both implicitly agreed on it, even though it was never explicitly discussed. Mm-hmm. And over time, you know, the resentment, you know, the of feeling like you're losing yourself within your choices. So it's not about I don't want children and I don't want a spouse. It's that I want to have a self too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes when people have no self, that's when they're thinking about leaving their families. Yeah. <laughs> it's because the way they've done family life, there's no room for themselves. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's and they've often co-constructed that with their spouse and mm-hmm. even their children. Uh, they've taught their children to not respect the mother's autonomy and independence as a person. And so, yeah, so I think many people do that. And it's, again, it's not about not wanting to love your children. It's about wanting to have a life that exists in addition to having children. And that's healthy. And that's I think, normal. I think that takes a fear out of it, too, because, yes. you know, I have been in that situation where I just feel so deeply unhappy and not myself um within the choices I had that I always wanted um but what I could identify with you it wasn't that I didn't want my marriage and my kids and the life we built what I wanted was myself in that life yes Um, absolutely so very often I think what women can get in touch with is the life they want to choose is right there in front of them but it looks different Maybe mm-hmm. they're not navigating the life in the same way. And so that does still entail dipping into some fear. Like you talked about more of those extreme examples. I think it also applies mm-hmm. to these more typical examples of the way that you have to arrive in your choice. And if I'm saying mm-hmm. this right, in, in terms of what you taught is mm-hmm. by facing what you most fear, which is, I mean, what could these women be facing in terms of the choosing the choices they already have made? Well, I think that, Um, let me just think about that a little bit. I think that one of the things that's very easy to do is that if you want other people's approval Mm -hmm. to manage your sense of self, which many of us have been socialized into, there's a kind of safety of being, um, a a backseat partner or being in the backseat relative to your kids, because then there's not as much exposure and you can feel needed and you can feel necessary and you can even sort of gratify yourself that you're doing all these, making all these sacrifices for people, even if they don't appreciate or understand it. And so I think that one of the risks, you know, when sometimes when I'm sort of helping people see this about themselves is what they're afraid of is the exposure okay. of actually 
stepping out and allowing themselves to assert choices in a world where there's no guarantees. I mean, it's like, well, maybe I'd go back to school for this, but what if I don't even like it? Mm-hmm. What if after we sacrifice money and time, I don't really want to be a PA or whatever it is yeah. that someone's thinking of doing? And so I think we that that's one big fear is that if I stick my neck out, maybe it's going to come up as flawed and unacceptable. And so maybe I'd rather just do what everybody else wants and just be resentful. I can feel a kind of false superiority because I'm the one who gives so much, quote unquote. Yeah. And that's much more self-protected than I think sometimes we will recognize easily. So I, I think that's a fear. And I, and I think similarly, there's just you know, there's, there's no, there are very few guarantees in life, you know, that you, if you're going to sort of assert your choices and desires into the world, you just don't necessarily know that it's going to turn out right. And that it's going to affirm your sense of yourself, it could go wrong, it could be a disaster, it could, you know, and I think, again, I guess it's the same idea. That's why we often collude in having other people make our choices for us. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, they're significant fears, but I do think it's a fear that's a, how to say it, it's a kind of exposure that's essential to development. You can't develop if you're not willing to assert a desire and to reach out and try and create something in your life. And that's always where the growth happens. And it will, there will always be failure if that's the right word. I don't think it is, but there will always be disappointments or things you don't think went the right way. Mm -hmm. And that's just how you learn. Mm -hmm. And so tolerating that process is a function of Mm self-respect. Yeah. And I, I think that's another way we delude ourselves too, is by thinking that if I do this, then everything has to be suddenly happy or easier or great yeah, or not as stressful. Right. It's not a magic pill even. No, you know, exactly. So how do we exactly. get that wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's not a magic pill. And I think a lot of times we kind of want that idea. If I, uh-huh. if I go and I take the risk, you know, please God, make it all go great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, rather than I'm stepping into a process uh, that's that's going to stretch me and couldn't happen to a nicer person. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think the other fear actually, as you're talking that I was just thinking about is that it, it requires a certain amount of self-respect to stand up for ourselves. And I think sometimes we're afraid we want other people to respect us. We want other people to tell us we deserve to um, pursue our dreams but in order to do it, we have to hold on some level that our desires and wishes matter. So I was talking to someone else uh, yesterday um, who was talking about, you know, her mother was a martyr par excellence. Her mother just did martyrdom all the time and that mm-hmm. it's been a very tempting role for her to do things and then resent and resent her husband. And, you know, he's deserved some of that historically because he has been willing to let her pick up all the slack at home and mm-hmm. let her <clears throat> do the heavy lifting in terms of keeping the household running and so on. And so as they have been doing work in couples therapy and getting clear about the way they kind of constructed a one-up, one-down marriage, she was saying yesterday that it's scary to step 
up and actually um, ask for something better. It's so much easier to just resent and feel covertly superior. Yeah. And so she was, in fact, talking more honestly with her husband about it. Like, I really do love doing all these things. I'm happy to be an at-home mother. It's what I want right now. And I enjoy these things, feel good about doing these things. But these things over here are not working for me. They suck the life out of me. I feel unable to do anything that I enjoy. And I also feel like you take advantage of me on these fronts, which he acknowledged he did. Mm -hmm. And so how, how do we how do we do this differently? Um, do we hire someone to do it? Do you come home and do more of these things? But she was exercising a muscle that's unfamiliar or, or more Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, which is, um, taking more responsibility for her choices. And then also stepping up to create something better out of the things that were undermining her happiness. Mm -hmm. And this is a way of having a self within the context of her choices. She didn't want her kids to go away. She doesn't want a divorce. But she does want to construct something in which she feels there's more room for her to belong to herself and things feel more fair or just equitable between them, that they're working together towards creating a family Mm -hmm. that they feel good about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is exactly what many women who are listening are experiencing and would like to get in touch with knowing how to do that. I mean, we can't sit here and give a blueprint for everyone, but I Mm -hmm. think you know, in essence, what you've talked about is being willing to push and um, into that discomfort you talked about, that stretch zone, and being willing mm-hmm. to sit in the mess a bit and know that it all serves a purpose. Because if I heard what you just said, maybe, I don't know, four years ago, mm-hmm. I, I would have been scared because it doesn't mm-hmm. sound that happy. But I've lived what you've talked about, and I am happier. So for someone mm-hmm. who was like me four years ago, and they're not sure if they're willing to step into that discomfort there, mm-hmm. um, how does this still lead to happiness? How do you, do you still feel more content or happier in the sense of self that you are trying to step into and find again? Well, I just have a strong belief and I have a lot of evidence of it from watching people's development is that you can't sacrifice your development and be happy. And so if you back burner your life, you will resent and you will suck the life out of the people you're in relationship to. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really, I guess I'm just saying human beings they want to love and they want to develop. They want both things. They want to be in good relationships and be cared about and belong. And they also want to express themselves in the world. And so if you compromise one or the other of those, you you interfere with people's capacity to be happy. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of the rules as they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I think traditional marriages and traditional thinking about gender has made it so that you know men develop and women belong. And we've kind of Hmm. gendered this human reality, which is we both want both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see my parents who've done marriage in a more traditional way where my mom really struggled with a sense of self and identity and who am I and what are my skills because she put all that aside and did the work of belonging. Mm -hmm. But she also has a rich network of relationships. (laughs) My dad, on the other hand, did much more around development and much less about relationships. And I think as I saw him get older, I used to think of him as the privileged one. But as I've watched him get older, I thought he's really underprivileged in the relational sense that 
he doesn't have this sort of rich net net sorry network of relationships mm-hmm. that my mom has and i think that they both have suffered because of the aspects of themselves or of their relationships that they didn't develop so i think um i think it's just a part of life and and it's a i think as i talked about in the perfectionism podcast we did mm-hmm. that that it's a function of self respect to take that risk you know, I'm, I want to help people succeed in their lives and to be willing to stand up for their own value through standing up for their development, making room for it, tolerating the failure that or the disappointment that may come as part of it. It always will. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just how you get better and stronger. And so uh, it's, it's about encouraging people to be truer to themselves. It's a really important way of being truer to others too. Oh, I love that connection, especially for maybe there are some husbands and wives listening together to this, just to see how this can benefit both, especially when we are making sure both people are doing what they need yes. to in order to match what, or to fill what they're missing. What side Absolutely. of the puzzle they're missing. That's incredible. Like husbands have husbands in traditional marriages pay dearly hmm. if their wives don't thrive. Huh. They don't get desired and wanted through sex. They they are resented. They are martyrs. Often husbands are trying to manage their wives' sense of self all the time unsuccessfully. Hmm. The wives will resent their husbands' successes. I mean, yeah. you pay a big price. And, and, you know, the person I was just talking about orchestrating the kind of the household um, demands differently. When they first came to me, I think he really saw me as kind of too feminist and too liberal and too whatever. Yeah. But I think because he's seen how much the marriage had suffered in the old model Mm -hmm. and how much better it's gotten, he's on board. I mean, he's like, look, yes, I have been taking advantage of you in this way. I come home and I just know that you'll take care of it if I don't. And that's not fair. And I'm I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, and just knowing that if you're going to both be happy and like each other, you can't, you don't get away with, uh, taking advantage of your spouse in that way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, intimacy is, is for strong people and strong people learn how to make room for two people to thrive in a marriage. Wow. Yes. And I love that too. I think so many men are lost in that development piece. And honestly, I hadn't really framed it that way in my mind until we just spoke today. Um, Mm -hmm. That is so interesting to me too. You know, Jennifer, we could talk about that a lot longer as well, but I just thought it'd be nice to know for you, what does Mm -hmm. happiness look like? You're our last guest for this month. We've talked about happiness all Mm -hmm. month long. What does that look and feel like for you? Gosh, that's an impromptu question. So let me think how to, that's fine. What does it look like to me? I, I feel very happy in my life. And I think that's partly about good fortune and partly about in pushing myself to make choices. I'm grateful for some of the courageous choices I've made in my life because Mm -hmm. I've been able to live in the benefit of doing things that didn't necessarily get the validation of others, but that have made my life better. So I think what happiness looks like for me is that is I feel, I feel loved and I feel cared about, which means the world to me. And I think that's, um, you know, I'm, I'm partnered with a really good human being who supports me and cares about me and has been 
very happy to see me thrive and it hasn't undermined his sense of himself or his masculinity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm deeply grateful for that because it really blesses my life. Um, and I think happiness is about feeling good about who I am as a parent and a partner and, and being able to affect good things in the world. I think, you know, that's a really fundamental part of being happy is feeling like you can use your gifts to make the world better in some way. And I think we all have the ability to do that. Even if we think our way is not that significant, we'll have the ability to do things that make the world a better place than we found it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a very satisfying part of life for me. So, And I, I do think it's about the same idea of belonging to others and belonging to aspects of myself that go hand in hand with impacting others, that I'm using aspects of myself to bless the lives of those that I care about. Mm-hmm. Well, what I especially love about what you just said is happiness to you isn't life feeling easy and stress-free mm-hmm. and you know nice yeah. and perfectly tied together. And I think if we just define happiness as that, I think we'll actually mm-hmm. feel that happiness that is waiting for us there. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I love when you come on the show. It's such an honor. I know people always want to know where to find you after this. I feel like I'm mm. the Jennifer Finlayson Fife ambassador and I wholeheartedly <laughs> take that role on. Um, You're awesome. So as an ambassador, <laughs> how can I direct people to you better? What's coming up for you and where can they find sure. you online? If you'd like to learn more about female desire and how to better cultivate your ability to choose happiness, you can visit Dr. Finlayson Fife's website today and look for the Women's Sexuality and Desire course under the online courses tab. You can find Dr. Finlayson Fife's website at www.finlayson-fife.com. And in honor of the Christmas season, Dr. Finlayson Fife is having a holiday sale where you can take 20% off all of her online courses and get additional discounts if you buy more than one course. Act now before the sale ends.